Welcome to Blockbuster, a movie review podcast. My name is Mitchell Hale, and this is my co-host, Max. Hi. And today we're looking at Heathers and Mean Girls. It, the fucking thing was um uh uh, uh what's it called um uh, lagging as well so i, I don't know mm. if i <laughs> freaking i don't know if i was in time on that or not but i, I don't want to try again uh because this week we're looking at some really rude really rude girls mm, aren't they rude they might tell you that your hair is yuck or they may make it look like you've committed suicide who knows uh it's a real it's a real flip of the dice uh a real um roll of the coin max how are are you ready to channel your inner rude woman i maybe well i mean i feel like i'm not really that like i'm not a very like mean person a lot of the time i thought you were going to say i'm not very a woman which was Fair enough. I mean, you know, but just I reckon I'm more woman than I am mean. How woman would you say you are? I mean, what's the scale? I don't know. One out of five. One one to five. Sorry. <laughs> like like our um like how we rate movies. Um, I I don't know an amount. One of them. Damn, that is indeed an amount. Me, on the other hand, I'm a five out of five. I'm super... Wait, no, is this woman or mean? <laughs> five out of five woman. Ah, damn it, I meant to say five out of five mean. Sure, I can be five out of five woman. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about Heathers and Mean Girls. Not the good one, the bad one. Uh, girls, Mean Girls. <laughs> uh, Max and I, unfortunately, had work today, so we're both a little bit yucky, a little bit tired, but... We're here, we're going to power through, and we're going to bring you some some real energy. Some real mean energy. Ooh, it's mean. Yeah. But he's a mean, mean, oh, he's a mean guy. Dick Wade? That's, dude, too mean. Too, too far. Oh, okay. Way too Sorry. far. I'm not good at this. I mean, yeah, it's it's like when, no, I don't want to do this. Let's just, let's just get in. To some films, let's not beat around the bush. Let's not give those rude women a chance to be mean to us, and we're gonna we're gonna rate their films and talk about them behind their backs. Spoiler alert for Heather's and Mean Girls, the the twenty twenty four one. Twenty twenty four mean, but it's also if we spoil twenty twenty four Mean Girls, we're spoiling two thousand and four Mean Girls as well. So both movies because it's the same for, story. Spoilers for all the Mean Girls. Except for number two, because I assume it follows a different plot. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Well, neither have I, but I just assume they didn't. I assume they haven't made the same movie three times. That's a bad assumption. I shouldn't actually assume that. They could very don't, much don't well ass- have. Don't assume that. They, they could really have just made the same movie three times. But yeah. Let's go. Run the clip. Hey. Oh, I'm going to cough. <laughs> ah, good podcasting. Heather's. Directed by Daniel Waters and released in 1988, it stars Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, Shannon Doherty, Lizanne Falk, and Kim Walker. 
Max, what is Heather's about? Heather's is about a high school uh, in which a girl in the popular clique named Veronica becomes friends with the new kid and they do some murders. But it's also like, it's very. Very what? It's just very. Oh. What? Did you not watch the movie? I did watch the movie. What What do you mean by very? <laughs> did I miss something? How very? It's just very. Oh, man, I must have I must have dozed off at some point. I swear I watched that movie. I did watch it. I liked it. It's very funny. It's a very funny film. I liked how suicide was treated in in the film. Obviously, it's. Uh, how am I trying to say this? I'm out, out of the gate. Good job. Um, this movie is, I think, a a look at a lot of kind of like a takedown of a lot of uh, high school stuff that came out in the eighties or so. Like that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like those. Um, those you know, the, the ones that all the stereotypes like come from. Breakfast like, Club. Yeah. And, um. I'm thinking of like Ferris Bueller and exactly yes. Um, uh, uh, you get the idea. Uh, yep. What, what <laughs> Mean Girls ends up ripping off later? <laughs> Look ahead. Uh, and so it's a comedy where it's basically the same movie, but people are getting killed over the course of it and it's made to look like suicides and there's this running idea of these people gain more substance after their suicide because people oh that's right they're faked suicide because people attribute this suicide to them and the suicide notes that uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater are leaving behind are providing <laughs> more depth to them than they actually had as the stereotypes that they're meant to be so it's just a highly amusing movie. Like I think the the part with the funeral home where they're all doing the different prayers was extremely amusing. By the way, I just didn't know this was what that movie this movie was about. I didn't know anything about this movie. I thought I was watching old Mean Girls basically going in. I mean, is this not old Mean Girls though? No, it's better. It, it, old Mean Girls is a an insult to this movie because this movie's good, and I don't like Mean Girls. I don't like any version of Mean Girls that I've seen. Uh, maybe I would like the sequel. I don't know. But yeah, what did you think, Max? Um, no, I agree. It's very uh funny. It's it's a um I think it's uh it's the when you Google it, it's described as a crime comedy, which I don't know if I, that's necessarily true, but <laughs> it yeah, it's this like um look at like oh the, you've got all the different cliques in the school and you've got the popular girls and they're all named heather and i think this that was a uh, like one of the first times to make a joke like that um like every single in popular, popular film the exact well. same person yeah and it's yeah the idea is it's all the same person but then um and like you have your geeks and your jocks and that sort of stuff and um it just totally gets undermined by a couple of guys who go like, well, we don't like this and I, we're, we're just going to get rid of them. Um, and then all of that is treated really lightheartedly by all the characters. Yeah. Um, not as 
it's not a like a gag film where people are making jokes all the time, but rather mm. just everyone reacts in a way that is very like non plus. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of comedy in that and in that, um, just idea, which is like, this is the utmost extreme of like what people want to do to like the main girl at the top of the school and what people want to do to the jocks who bully everyone and, Mm. um, that sort of stuff. And yeah, as a result, you get this very, yeah, amusing movie. Well, because what's kind of interesting about it is the way that suicide's treated in this film by the characters, not so much by what the film thinks that suicide is, but what the characters within the film think suicide is. It's kind of just treated as another, like, say if I was to walk in to a stereotypical school, high school, like this, and I, was, I had a bad haircut or something, or a good haircut and you know it would get comments and stuff like that and this would be considered the gossip of the day would be my my crappy haircut uh the suicide is treated like on the same level as that type of event uh, it's, it, it's even more so it gets it gets and it ends up getting treated like this trend where yeah. um you know the popular kids all did it so um one person actually does um uh attempt suicide, at suicide yeah. um unsuccessfully and um it's treated as this um joke because like she's just copying all the popular kids yeah um who like as you said have have gained substance and gained um sort of a uh repute in death um yeah and yeah so you you um yeah, and that's sort of like where a lot of this very like it's a very dark comedy um, for for like for that and um, for the way that it's like that whole idea is treated, um, but it is very much like it's treated by the staff as an inconvenience and it's treated yeah. by the students as a like yeah the gossip of the day. Um, and it's treated by like everyone else as just almost a like a, oh that's interesting. I, I wonder what's happening on the news. Oh, this thing. Oh well, that's nice. Um, which is just like it's very strange and mm. like obviously not the actual response of um like how people would react. But that's yeah, that's the way that this film goes about itself is that yeah dryness and uh yeah non plus sort of reaction to everything it's just uh it's it is because there's this idea of how teenagers are not treated as human as well which kind of comes up a little bit and then the mum of uh, Winona Ryder's character, Winona Ryder's character, uh, Veronica, Veronica, I can't remember the mom's name. Uh, she, uh, she just says whenever a teenager, whenever a teenager says that they're being not being treated like a human, it's actually because they are being treated like a human because they go on to say, look, no one, no one's treated nicely in this world. Everyone's treated shitty, and it's just a horrible place to live. And yeah, you're sucks to suck basically, and so. 
I like I like this idea because all all suicides that actually occur in this movie aren't suicides; they're murders. Mm. Uh, whether well orchestrated by Christian Slater and helped by Monona Ryder, who kind of on the first one. I didn't really think it was going to happen. And then the second one definitely didn't think it was going to happen. And then it kind of went from there, but it's just, it's interesting that the, 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 the in the, while they're trying to, while, while the, what's this? What's, it's teenagers are just treated really disposably in this. And it's almost, uh, and then with that, uh, what the mom says, this idea of how kids don't really know how good they've got it basically and so much so that when you're treated like an actual person you lose it it's it's an interesting message that i'm kind of not having an easy time putting into words right now uh but i just find that it's kind of a deep film in in this satire which is good because you want satire to kind of make you think and actually have a message you don't want it to just be like ah check it out the trump administration is bad the, the, looking at you, don't look up. Say something a bit more interesting than Trump admin admin bad, climate change also bad. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think yeah, as a result, you get sort of an interesting look at like what it's like to be a teenager, and almost the like teenage angst pushed pushed to that utmost like theatrical extreme um, of like what what would happen if like teenagers around the world almost um mm. and you you almost get this like um yeah the oh we'll, we'll commit the murders and cover them up as suicides and um it all the plants um all the um ways that they like cover it up are all very like none of it's taken seriously either the yeah. like um by like investigators that it's all just assumed that because these people are shallow um that in that note revealing themselves is not it answers everything for them yeah um, and like especially comes to mind is the um two jocks who um yeah. they uh plant items to make them look like they uh were gay um and one of those being a bottle of uh, Perrier mineral water, yeah. um, which is just like a very funny like set of circum like not circumstances, but set of scenes where you have Christian Slater, JD, um, like saying like this is my like the the cherry on top, and Winona Ryder at Veronica is going like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we're in Iowa, and it's just um, yeah already looking at like playing into these ideas of like stereotype and how teenagers sort of view each other but then also just the fact that humans are just like that as well and um you know we're all just kind of dumb and hate each other it's an interesting it's kind of like this microcosm of just this movie is like a microcosm of just the world and how the world treats everyone and it's because it's interesting because you get these people who think they're invincible and then which aka uh heather the first heather who drinks the bleach not bleach it's like drain like it's fluid. like it's yeah. like drain of fluid so drain like what 
Yeah, we would what call Drano. What you put down a drain to unclog it, if yeah. you're unfamiliar. And so she drinks it, but she kind of knows that she's what she's drinking is not like good for her but she still drinks it anyway because she thinks that she's untouchable and mm. both christian slater and winona Ryder are kind of shocked that she does it and then they're like well fuck like this was just meant to be a shit joke because also they rock up to her house unannounced and are standing over her bed when she wakes up and i look Oh, and also, 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 uh, Winona Ryder and um, Kim Walker, aka the first Heather, that had a huge argument the night before, and Kim Heather had, oh, Kim, fuck, Kim Walker had uh, said that she was going to ruin Winona Ryder's uh, life, basically, once they get back to school, because uh, Kim Walker is in charge of the whole school, basically. She's the, uh, the uh, Reg- Regina George of this movie, basically. And so... Uh, the fact that she sees these two people standing over her bed, which is a, a deep uh, invasion of a lot of things, privacy, numero uno, personal space, another one, drinking what she knows is not going to be something that's good, like going to do what they, because they claim it's a hangover cure. It's like, what is she nuts? <laughs> like, I I don't know, but it's an, it's just, it's just a take of like, yeah, teenagers also think they're invincible and they also think that, the the world owes them something and that they're not gonna just they're not gonna die before their time they're gonna die in what 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 how long do teenagers think they're gonna live like 20 years that seems long as a teenager like age i don't know you feel like you live for it you gotta live forever almost yeah well, it's i don't know if it's because when i was a teenager it wasn't so much that i knew i was gonna live forever it was or thought i was gonna live forever it was more that getting old was so far away that it felt like it was going to take forever to get there. But now that, oh, not that I'm that much older now, but it definitely feels a lot closer. Cause now, you know, once you hit 20, you kind of go, Oh shit, I can actually go past my teens and mm. life does continue after these years as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess like, yeah, it, it's, it sort of plays on these ideas of like, well, like how much of this is, exclusive to like teenagers being mm. teenagers and how much is it being teenagers just being people and then all of that yeah taken to its absolute extreme absolute dramatic extreme um i don't know how much is like in terms of like that sort of rocking up at your friend's house unannounced is a Thing, like a cultural thing that we haven't experienced because we grew up you on reckon? the age of the internet. Um, oh, fair enough. Mm, surely, like in your room, though. I don't know because, like, it, it's reasonably well established in the film that Veronica and Heather Wa- uh, Walker are like close friends. Um, That's true. And I don't know how unreasonable it is. For that to I happen, it's... I think for JD to be there as well, that's a bit weird. But like, yeah. At the same time, it's also just, um, you know, every everyone just accepts everything that happens. It's um, yeah. There's never a point that anyone goes in questions and goes, "Oh, hang on a minute, is this the right thing?" Except for Veronica, and obviously yeah. that's because the film's perspective is from 
Veronica's perspective as mm-hmm. someone who is like a teenager trying to understand the world and um, trying to understand it through this guy she likes who is basically a psychopath. Um, psychopath and yeah. um, the only way that she's understood before then has been by being a popular girl um, in which, which itself is its own sort of form of psychopathy. Yeah. Well, because you see them be quite cruel basically from the very beginning. There's no really any... Re- the, the Heathers, the titular Heathers, don't really have any redeeming... Oh, one of them does, sorry, but she's kind of redeeming because she's the punching bag for the other two and she kind of just wants to be the uh, cheerleader captain. But the other two Heathers, especially when first Heather dies and second Heather takes her place and basically, as the movie says so, kind of like a Hydra just replaces her and is exactly the same way. Uh, uh, Yeah, they're they're very cruel and they're very uh, mean girls. And so, um, like at the very start in the cafeteria, uh, after the initial croquet game, which, by the way, I don't understand the rules of croquet. So I feel like I missed something in in some spots. I, I feel like also it's meant to be like, it's it's quite obvious that not only is like JD come, he comes from a wealthy family, like his father owns this big construction company and we've mm. told that several times throughout the film, but also um, Veronica's family is wealthy. Croquet is, is seen as a, like a, a sport of the of the well to do. Um, like she lives in a very nice house, and yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of it which is like, well, yeah, it's two like pr- privileged white kids going like, well, everything sucks, so we're gonna do murders. Um, it's like an extra level of teenagers don't get it; they don't have any idea of how hard stuff can be, which is true. As a teenager, I thought my life was the absolute worst. Uh, now it's all right, you know. I, I think it's bad, but not the worst. I I think um I think I like I like my life. I don't think it's horrible. I don't know about I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk for your your um point of view because that's well up to you. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I yeah, you can you can definitely see where this has gone and influenced films like Mean Girls though, where um instead of um and i know we'll probably end up talking about this a bit more but mm. um instead of the three heathers you have the three plastics um yeah. in mean girls that is it's almost a direct rip um and then <laughs> the um uh additional sort of like character who's sort of there and sort of wasn't and didn't used to be friends with them and like it's interested in someone like it's all a very similar plot and um like there's a good reason for it that it, like Heather's became a cult classic it was adapted into a musical that was really successful the musical was adapted into a movie that was really successful as well is there a m- musical movie heathers i'm fairly sure there's a musical movie i did heathers. not realize that i know there's the tv show on stan i think they turned it into a tv show but i don't i didn't realize um, I didn't realize Heather's the musical. It's, it's a TV movie. It's, hmm. it's a TV movie. Maybe it. Um, when was that? Um. Well, the musical came out in 
2009. A while ago. Initially. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie looks like it came out, the musical adaptation movie came out in 2022, but I don't know how accessible that is. Um, I swear there was a TV show. It looks well. like a screen, like a, uh, not screen recording, but a recording of a musical. Um, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, become sort of this like cult classic film. Um, and then this like classic theater. Um, there is a, show. Sorry, there is a 2018 TV show as well. That's on YouTube for $2.99. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, please continue. No, that, that, I mean, that's, that's, um, that's about, that's, uh, close to it. Just having a look now. Actually, yeah. originally released at Sundance, which is a little bit interesting. This movie. Oh, it um, got some awards. Uh, let's take a look at what it got. It won stuff. It got the Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Motion Picture in 1990. And Winona Ryder got some nominees as well, and nominations, sorry, and other such stuff so look i as i said i didn't actually know what this movie was about at all before watching it and so when we started off with how cruel the hell is well i was like why have are they so cruel because these people seem really irredeemable because the first thing that they do beyond play croquet is make a uh uh an overweight young woman believe that the most popular guy uh has a crush on her just to crush her basically and so I didn't realize that the rest of the movie had, I didn't realize there was murders in it. And so when Christian Slater drew a gun and shot, in quotation marks, shot the two guys who were trying to bully him, I, w- I was very shocked. It then turned out they had, it was blanks. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this movie's still kind of in the realm of what I thought it's going to be. But then they killed Heather and I went, ah, oh, what? What the fuck? What's going on here? I'm very no, confused. I, I knew it escalated to that. I was not aware that it escalated to that so quickly. Um, I'm kind of glad it did, though. Yeah, it, it it does set up like an interesting sort of precedent for the rest of the film, and a lot of the like comedy that the film has is comes out of that, and just comes out of like yeah, this this blase reaction to everything that's happening, and it, we're not spending heaps of time going like oh, look how mean they are because everyone knows how mean they are. They don't have to do yeah. much to show like, oh, these people are mean. They do one like little survey thing where they're going around asking people, what would you do? What, like if you had like $5 million and but aliens it, was, up. it was like the end of the world, um, what would you do? And people just stay in the stupidest like shit, yeah. um, which like is very funny from a writing perspective and a lot of the writing in this film is really, really excellent and really, really funny. Um, but like we see that they do that intentionally to get like these stupid and like reactions out of people that, um, they can then use to like pick on them. And like, that's all we need to sort of justify, um, like our sort of, dislike towards them and then obviously the scene um immediately follows that where um heather walker uh walker 
takes uh, Veronica to the um, the college party and sorry, um, Heather Walker is a mixture of the character name and the actor name. By the way, did I? Yeah, it's Kim Walker or Heather Chandler. Heather Chandler. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to do that before you got too think, far. <laughs> okay. Um, the um, they go to this like college party and like are uh, sexually abused by a whole bunch yep. of um, university students, and um, then yeah, this this keeps like unfolds and unfolds and becomes um sort of more and more elaborate as it continues to go on and it, it it never gets to a point which i feel i felt like it was sort of going to do and i kind of and I, again i'm glad it didn't where it was it was never that anyone was investing it and never no one considered them to be um like responsible there was never like the subplot of like oh who's like is are these really suicides or are they like, yeah actually murders and it's like no they're suicides they're like the, everyone is convinced that um, they're all suicides, and as a result, they sort of just like romp around and don't like think about anything too much, um, which is very yeah funny and interesting. Well, there's like a level of neither of them are actually really feeling that guilty about it either. Mm. In, in that, like, when a writer is kind of shocked by it all, all the times it happens, but it kind of ends up being a bit more. She's not happy that Christian Slater's doing it for his own for his reasons, not so much that he's actually committing su- he's pretending to kill people. Sorry, he's making people look like they committed suicide. So it's 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 interesting in that the movie could easily have been very by the numbers and that yeah, it could have had this investigation part, which I think would have dragged the movie down so much. I don't I'm glad they didn't have that in there. Uh and but also it's not about them wrestling with the guilt of what they've done. It's just Winona Ryder deciding, you know what, I, I I do think that you're just kind of doing this for shit reasons. You're not doing it for like the kind of good reasons that I thought we were doing it for. And mm. also you've tricked me a bunch of times and that's frustrating. <laughs> so, and, I, and as I said, as, as you mentioned, I, yeah, they do get into it really quickly because I think what they do is they, there was this abundance of uh, high school films in the day. And so they just use the stereotypes to get the story going as quickly as possible because I thought the movie was moving seriously quickly before the first murder happened. And so I was going, oh, wow, this is blisteringly quick. What is going on here? Yeah, it's because that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is these murders and, and the, the, the faux suicides. So, yeah, I think it's it's really clever. It just, it just decided, it just, it inputs the stereotypes and the fact that they are stereotypes as well is what makes this movie clever because it's playing off the fact that these people are stereotypes and, and then, yeah, obviously, the, and then as we've mentioned before, and as the movie mentions a bunch of times, they, they gain depth, the stereotypes gain more depth after they're already dead, which is just really clever. I, it's a really clever movie. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's definitely something that I do want to go and like check out the musical as well because I feel like it's definitely a plot that feels like it would just kind of go off the rails in a sort of like high energy eighties musical. Um, <laughs> Real grease, you mean? Or? Like, oh, like I'm thinking, like I'm thinking a little bit Chicago, I and seen Chicago. a little bit just. Um, like some of those 80s like movie musical adaptations like footloose and um dirty dancing uh, dirty dancing and things like that um, Hell yeah 
is it a musical? It is a musical, right? It does. It has songs. Yeah, we're good. Um, and yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it or listened to it, but I'm, I'd be very keen to it. I think. Hmm. I would be interested. I reckon it'd do better than the uh, Mean Girls one. What? Who said that? What? What? Stop! Ju- stop jumping ahead. Uh, I love to jump a gun, but yeah, I think the one issue this movie has though is that, um. I can't talk a lot about it. I don't have much to say. It's 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 a clever movie, and I don't. Th- I I I think it puts its message messages messages forward so so well mm. that I I don't think it requires like there's a lot of interesting things you can talk about, such as like some of the cinematography is really cool, and I like I like the haziness of everything in it. It's we we talk, we mention this all the time. Like I I think it's just our go to thing, but it it does have this dream-like quality to it mm. but it, it's got because it's got like that 80s it's got kind of like the Carrie haze to it because Carrie has a bunch of haze all over it as well and and uh i think um part, part yeah. of that is just like film grain but. i was gonna say part of it is obviously like <laughs> camera quality and stuff like that but i think it plays into it because the movie is not designed to be a reality it's designed to be this hyper reality it's like mm. what Quentin Tarantino pretends half of his films are in like this this extra hyper reality that he's extra mm. violent and blah, 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 blah. but this movie actually uses it interestingly and not just to make people that are shot fly backwards even though the amount of force that it would take is not at all what would occur from a gun that is used like that. I said, tell Miss Laura goodbye. Bye, Miss Laura. <laughs> yeah, I was having a look earlier at the other work that the writer had done mm. um, and found out a couple of interesting things as well. Fuck, um, what- I said the writer's name instead of the director's name. Sorry, Daniel Waters wrote it. Michael Lemon, Lee Man directed it. Sorry, guys. Bad bad by me. <laughs> um, yeah, so the writer um, for this film, um, Daniel Waters, he... <laughs> Um, wrote this as a spec script initially um, as a film he was trying to pitch to um, Stanley Kubrick um, in the style of Dr. Strangelove, um, oh, yeah. which if you've seen that, it does have a lot of that sort of dry um, black comedy sensibility to it as well. Mm. Um, and you can see the like stylistic inspiration for that. But I then had a look at, went and had a look at his other work and the number one, Thing that stood out to me was he say. was the writer on Batman Returns, yeah, the Tim Burton sequel to um, yeah. Batman. I, I I haven't seen it, but it's I know bad. you have. It's bad. <laughs> it's um. All right, so I honestly reckon that the 1989 Batman movie is my favorite Batman movie of all time. It's because I don't like what christopher nolan did with batman in his christopher nolan thing because he was like let's make batman realistic and the, for me batman being realistic is not interesting that's not at all what i find intriguing about batman i like it when batman is uh just a dude who fights beat things that he should definitely be like way bested by but his 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 superpower is a mixture of prep time and plot armor and I like that about Batman and then putting him in like a realistic situation is boring. So whatever. But point is Batman Returns is insane. Uh, it's not a movie about Batman. It's a movie about uh, the guy who plays Frank in Always Philadelphia. Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Danny DeVito. 
Thank you. It's about Danny DeVito being a, a little freak. Uh, once again, another well, little as, freak. As opposed enters... to any of other Danny DeVito's other roles. Oh, okay, sorry. Assume if I say Danny DeVito, I mean little freak. But um, he's he's being a little freak and he's eating fish and running for mayor. And then Christopher Walken is a bad guy called Shrek. I'm being serious. His name is Shrek. <laughs> anyway, point is Batman isn't Batman Returns is a really odd movie. I watched it once when I was younger and it scared the shit out of me because spoiler alert, uh, Danny DeVito as a child eats a cat and you don't see it, but the implication freaked me the fuck out when I was really young. Cause obviously I've mentioned before, I was really sensitive to a lot of shit when I was younger. Like it didn't take a lot for me to get uncomfortable with what a movie was showing me. So I haven't watched it since just due to the uh, remaining trauma from watching a cat get grabbed and then pulled into a pet pet the thing because like he's in a i'm not going to explain the fucking batman returns story to you anyway he also did demolition man which is some crappy stallone film so he's got a really weird eclectic uh thing here because he also i i think he's got a bunch of credits for a bunch of different batman returns video games but i assume it's just because they stole the same story from the movie I I also assume this. Yeah, and so he's just mostly because like the first thing he did was beyond our control, and then Heather's immediately afterwards. Oh no, no, twenty years afterwards. Sorry, and then he just did Batman Returns, and then he just kind of disappears from two thousand and one, where he did Happy Campers, and then he did the Heather's TV show, but it also says based on a screenplay by. So I reckon once again he didn't actually write that; he just the story's based on his work so they've credited it to him because of that so he hasn't done a lot but it'd be cool if he did more <laughs> i don't know what do you think um yeah i don't know i'm struggling to find a full i'm like clicking around i can't really find um, he directed sex and death in 2007 101 sorry sex and death 101 which um as the guy who's like in Liar Liar, I think. Oh, Winona Ryder's in it too. And Winona Ryder, yeah. And also the janitor from Scrubs, who was in the first Mean Girls, but not the second. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wonder what. I feel like you could write something dry. I would, I would go to a movie and watch something this dry in cinemas. I think it would almost be refreshing from what we get at the yeah. moment. Um, just something that's just you mean something good <laughs> no i mean something that's like just um very just kind of just struggling to put it in words um but dark and dry without being like aggressively horny all the time um mm. because like this movie like has like implications to sex and implications to um things like um uh, sexual abuse and things like that but mm. it's not a major point of the film it's um, not reveling in it like other where, movies do yeah whereas like my go-to thought would be um to something that like isn't similar but almost has a similar tone with an asterisk is um, so is afraid um, what <laughs> I'm sorry, you've lost me on this one. I can't agree. Can't agree. 
No, like I'm not talking about the super surreal moments, but like the way that all the oh, characters yeah, yeah. interact with Bo is this very dry and like black comedy. Like black comedy is such a like not good descriptor at all, but like um like very taking, dry and dark. Um taking everything at face like, value though, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um and there's sort of like he's just confused all the time. And I know that movie is like so there's so many more everything yeah to unpack in that movie but I feel like one of the things I feel like I would have really enjoyed more more would be if it was less horny so I was afraid but yeah oh come on but the the horny stuff's the funniest stuff though yeah but I feel like it could have been it was just weird I like that movie. You liked it less than I do, I think, actually. It's a weird yeah. moment where an artsy film I enjoyed more than you did. <laughs> I think it's one of those weird moments. <laughs> Which is odd, because um, I didn't really like Ari Aster's work that much. I think he's all right. I was surprised I liked it as much as I did. I would not rewatch it, though, for ages. It's, it was an experience going to see that film. We took a... It was a weird group that went as well, because it was Mr. Manager and then one of my friends, who I don't think knew what they were getting into uh let's not talk about it let's not speculate who my friend was yeah let's do some scores uh i'm gonna go first i'm giving this movie three and a half drunk slushies i didn't finish the last one i was too full after the first three but fair enough yamar other i mean i say slushies it'd be a slurpee i wouldn't get slushy i don't like slushies that much what's the difference between a slushy and a slurpee a lot first of all the marketing second of all it tastes different are you telling me a frozen coke from maccas tastes the same as a slurpee from mcdonald's yeah i'm saying a a, a frozen coke from maccas and a a slurpee from mcdonald's tastes the same you're wrong you're absolutely wrong you said you said mac and you said maccas and mcdonald's did i yeah Oh, fuck me. <laughs> a frozen Coke from Macca's versus a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. They taste different. I don't know, because I never get, like, plain Coke Slurpee at 7-Eleven. I do. If if I get a Slurpee at 7-Eleven, it's how many flavors can I fit into the cup? Oh, that's the worst way to do a Slurpee, because then you just get grot. You get like musk sticks, musk stick mixing with butterscotch mixing with guava. It's weird. I like it's it. Odd. Anyway, anyway I gave Heather's three murders that I too probably would have covered up as suicides out of five. It's the best way to get through it. Like, it I don't want to get caught. No, I get it, but like I, that, what I just said didn't if, make if sense. If I accidentally poison you. But sort of intentionally, Why? but accidentally poison you. Yeah, I'm, it's gonna. I'm gonna make it look like a suicide. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. You rock up to my house. You enter my house and you stand over my bed and then say, "Yeah, Mitchell, drink this. It's a hangover cure." I'm not drinking it. I don't care who you are. If my parents did that, I wouldn't drink it. Like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? How'd you get in? The door's locked. Your 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 housemates let me in. Oh, uh, beep. Beep that out. <laughs> My housemate, one of them doesn't live with me currently, and the other one is never awake before I am, so wouldn't have. <laughs> this is a good conversation. 
Let's go to the next one. Go on. Let's go. Hey, girlfriend. It's me, Sexy Mitch. I mean, mean, sexy Mitch. Here to talk to you about Sexy Max and Mean Mitch's mini media. Sexy, mean, sexy, everything sexy. Just do the, do the, wait, 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 wait. Thank you. Mean Sexy Mitch is going to go first. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I actually kind of have two this week. Not really. It won't take long, I promise. Uh, one of them. So I've started listening to podcasts a bit more again, just because I've been going to work more often than I used to be. So now I have more time to actually like that. I'm not just sitting around at home because I don't really listen to podcasts when I'm sitting around at home. I'm actually doing stuff. And so that means I have time to do podcasts. Uh, and I've started listening to the Blank Check podcast which is a pretty popular movie podcast because I decided I should listen to some other movie podcasts to see how they do things. And um, Max, why do we do this podcast? Like people already do what we do, but better. Um, like what do we bring? <laughs> what do we, we what bring, do we bring? Out, like winning personalities, obviously. They just do what we do, but better. They can do it for an hour on one episode. We barely do half an hour on some. Well, I mean, we did like an hour on Wish last year, week, month, day, week, episode. Um, no, nah, but in all seriousness, it's it's nice to listen to them. It's good to see how they do criticism. They have the benefit of they're always talking about, well, at least the ones I've listened to, they're always talking about classic films that have a lot that they have a lot to say about and they've also able to talk about how it influenced cinema because it usually happened like 20 years ago whereas you and i uh well the first one we can usually talk about it the second one we kind of have to guess at what's going to happen and it's like initial reactions and stuff but yeah they also have a producer and editors I don't know if it, it's unfair for me to compare us to them. They're a completely different beast. We, to we what have we a are. producer and editors. They just happen to be us. Also, I thought is Mr. Manager a producer? I mean, like no, we sort they of haven't just provided any money. All money comes from us. We, we kind of just co-produce. Yeah, we co-produce this. Yeah, and we co-edit and co-star. And our, and and our co-stars align probably. No, you're I mean, born at a you, completely different checked, end of the. You, yeah, but like you, they like match up. Do you have Do you have co-star Mitchell? No. Oh, I was going to say we should, in, we should. I don't. We should check in, out co-stars. Check out compatibility. I don't really believe in that stuff. Uh, but then, a happier thing. I I bought an iPad yesterday. Really? <laughs> I did. Um, I is it read comics? Fuck you. <laughs> I was having trouble reading my Superman comic on my phone and I went, wouldn't this be better if I had an iPad? And I told my dad about this thought and he said, Mitchell, you should get an iPad. And I went, no, that's silly. Just to read comics? And he said, why not? Treat yourself. And I went, dad, I'm trying to I'm trying to save up money. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, just buy yourself an iPad. And I'm like, all right. So I bought myself an iPad. I got a generation 10. Uh, just normal ones. So it's the most recent of the just normal iPads. Not a, not a, Does I didn't need a Max. have like a fancy camera or something? No, no, no. That's the Max. The Max. Oh, no, not I, the Max. I got the iPad, Pro. but it's like, 
old and I try and do things on it and then it crashes all the time. No, mine let me just put my phone near it and then it just took all my data, um, which is spooky, but uh, also convenient. <laughs> and so, yeah, I yeah, I, I got an iPad. I did it all before recording, so I haven't actually read any comics on it yet. By the way, uh, read comics. They're fun. I read Mr. Miracle. That shit was sick. Have you read Mr. Miracle? No, Dude, I have not. You need to get on Mr. Miracle. It is probably one of the best runs I've ever read in my life. And I've read a lot of really good runs. I read the ultimate Spider-Man 100 issues. That's good. By the way, if you like Spider-Man, read ultimate Spider-Man. You're, you're, you probably like ultimate Spider-Man because all the movies have been aping off of ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, except for like Sam Raimi's one, but all the others have been ripping off ultimate Spider-Man. So mm. just read those. You'll enjoy it. Some of the art's a bit weird though, here and there, but overall it's pretty good. I mean, that's comics though. Is yeah. It's you true. get a pretty broad variety of style but yeah that's my two mini medias one was depressing and the other one was an ipad that i haven't really used yet because i just set it up but i wanted to talk about the fact that i bought an ipad for reading comics i'll probably watch like you um like movies on it in my bed as well like i'll i'll use it for things it also means i can put my phone on charge and i don't have to like worry about falling asleep with it and running out of charge the next day i can just be on my ipad instead this is multiple uses i'm can, you can read books on it oh, i would never do that i have a kindle which, which by the way i i know you can read comics on a kindle but it would be black and white and i want the color i like color i like colors color is important part of art it's There's there like, it's it's Sorry, you go. <laughs> There's games. Uh, I mean, I probably put like Sudoku on there or something. I had but, a good iPad game once. You can put your D and D character sheet on it. It's more oh, convenient. I could put. I could do that. That's what I've been doing for ten years now. Well, I haven't owned an iPad for for ten years now. This is the first <laughs> iPad I've ever had in my life. I've I'm way late to the. We spent a lot of time on my iPad. We can move on. Um. <laughs> We're trying to bring this episode in sub one one hour thirty, so let's let's move on. Um, my mini media this week is another new TV show. Um, <gasps> coming back from Japan a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I got to get back into anime because yeah, it's everywhere do. in it is. Japan, and oh, I, I was like, I really liked it when I was a teenager, and I'm like, I got to get back into anime, and then conveniently, um there was a new anime that was just coming out uh, on Netflix. So straight to Netflix. And it's animated by Studio Trigger, who did um, the Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Um, I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, show. And it's called Delicious in Dungeon. Uh, and it's about oh, a group of adventurers who uh, have to venture into a dungeon but also have to feed themselves with the dungeon creatures. And oh. so half the show is about them adventuring in the dungeon and half the show is like a cooking tutorial on walking mushrooms. And it's really it's, funny. Okay, cool. I was going to say like, cause this could get really dark, but yeah. Like there's a little bit like it, it's, it's got a bit of that, like, anime sensibility of like you have that one character who finds it all really gross and that one character is like super into it but mm. um overall it's just 
kind of just like funny um it's a very like tabletop rpg style approach to like fantasy as well where like if people die in the dungeon they sort of just restart and because it's cursed or something right and um they sort of everything's taken a little bit lightheartedly um and there's not a heap of like really specific like world building rules because it's all about like uh you know yeah how do you make stew out of a big bat or how do you make stew out of a big bat well first you cut it up with a the big cleaver trap where the axe drops down from the seal of course yeah uh and then you skin it and anyway the the movie not the movie the show does this it's coming out um i think there's two episodes three episodes out at the moment um I don't know how long it's running for because I haven't checked. Um, but it's coming out every Friday and I'm enjoying it and it's fun. And it's sort of a nice little entryway back into the incredibly daunting world that is anime. We need to finish Sword Art Online. No, we don't. I, I think we should. <laughs> should we though? It's, we started, I, you started it with me. We have to finish it with, you have to finish it with me. Next thing you're going to tell me that you want to watch a thousand episodes of One Piece. No, we skipped the filler, which means we watched 10 episodes of One Piece. <laughs> come on, sub one hour 30. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> All right. Mean Girls, directed by Samantha Jane. And oh, shit. Reading quick did not go well for me. Let's try that again. Mean Girls, directed by Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr. and released in 2024, it stars Angori Rice, Renee Rapp, Oli Cavallo, Jaquel Spivy, and B.B. Wood. I was going to say B.B. Wonder. It's not B.B. Wonder, it's B.B. Wood. Max, what is Mean Girls about? Mean Girls 2024 is a movie adaptation of the stage musical of the same name, which itself is a adaptation of the Tina Fey written film of the same name, which itself is based on a book about parenting. Um, I thought, for, is that what Queen Bees and Wannabes is about? Parenting? Yeah, it's oh. a parenting book. I did not know that, but all right. Um, is it a good one? I, I don't know. Um, my oh. only experience with it has been through Mean Girls. I'd say um, it's a bad for, one then. For people who've been living under a rock for the last 20 years, um, Mean Girls is a movie about a girl named Katie um, who moves with her parents from Africa where she grew up. She is white. Um, and <laughs> this is important. Um, it is important, and, but just the way you said it. <laughs> um, and moves to the United States um, and has to learn how to fit in, in school where she, that she has never done before um, and ends up becoming friends with two groups of people who are at odds with each other sort of uh two outcasts and the clique known as the plastics who are the popular girls um and the movie sort of talks about how um all the different cliques interact with each other as well as the uh eventuation of everyone backstabbing each other and um yeah being mean they're all mean girls that's a lot of the movie is that they're mean girls. 
I don't like um, Mean Girls. Both movies. I we mentioned. I mentioned. I think I said this earlier in the uh, Heather's um, review. But I don't. I don't like the story of Mean Girls. I think it's really boring, and I think the first one is really outdated. And I think this one is also really outdated because it's basically the first one again, just with songs. But on the flip side, uh, Angori Rice is great. We love Angori Rice. Come on the podcast, Angori Rice. We have a personal connection. Um, we can get her on. Get, get on the podcast. Uh, Max, you know her personally. Uh, I met her once. You know her she personally. You have her used number. To, used to babysit my cousins a long time ago. Like maybe, I don't know. And as anyone who's ever Five, met you, she was either she either absolutely loathed meeting you, or or she's never gotten over her love for you. I really don't think she remembers me at all. No, 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 no. She, I reckon we were just doing like a handover. I was like, "Hey, I'm," and my aunt was like, "Hey, this is Angari," and I was like, "Oh yeah, hey, cool." How's VCE? How was it? How was um, it VCE? Give us the hot scoop. I don't remember. This was literally so many years ago. Is she older or younger than us? This is the same age as us. Oh shit, she's more popular than us. That's bad. <laughs> um, get on, Angori. Come meet your friend Max. It's been a while, <laughs> but he's here, and you can come on the podcast. Uh. I disagree with what TikTok is saying about how you're not singing very well in this movie. I think you sing perfectly fine. In all honesty, I actually do. I think she sings perfectly fine. So a lot of what on TikTok right now, there's a lot of debate on the fact that Angori Rice's singing is very reserved as comparative to the Broadway version where it's over the top and it's it's Broadway. It's it's you know, and it's it's the musical theater, and that's how musical theater is. You've got to be big because you've got to show off more and you got to do more to emote more on stage that's just how it works uh you can be more reserved on film because you're closer you're oh i'm not going through this you everyone in listening to this probably understands what i'm saying point is i don't think it's actually a fair criticism to say that she isn't big enough because especially the song that they keep they keep using the song uh stupid in love which is a song that's sung very early on about how she's in love with the hot guy who sits in front of her stupid with love i didn't get it i didn't get it somehow and it's she she does sing it quite chill and quite uh quietly Uh, the horrible use of quite and quietly next to each other but Point is, it is reserved. I would absolutely know that. But Katie herself is not out of her shell in that scene. She's still nervous. She's still learning about this new environment. She wouldn't be big and loud. She'd be like, ah, oh, I got a little crush. I got a, I love this guy. This guy's cute. Uh, I, I'm not going to be big and loud and, and, and all over the place and draw attention to myself. That'd be crazy. So I don't think it's fair criticism to 
like they've done a different take on like i don't know man like i didn't i haven't seen the mean girls musical first of all so i could be wrong but it just feels unfair what what i'm sort of hearing is like obviously she's not a broadway performer has been in a couple of big features um most notably spider-man women black oh damn it georgie um I'm sorry, you were saying. I was I was going to try and jump in before you said Spider Man because I knew you were going to say Spider Man, but I was going to try and say the the girls in black or whatever the one about the girls who work at a retail shop. It's a the, it's yeah, like a small... the Australian film. Um, yeah, and she was in the Nice Guys as uh, before that as well. Um, but um, she's up against people like well, not up against, but up with people like Renee. Yeah, Rapp, she's duking it out. Have, she's fighting. <laughs> performed in um the stage show and are professional musical theater act- actors um and like it, it, it's one of those things where i think we talked about this a few episodes ago where you're putting up um like film actors against musical theater actors and they provide they have different qualities to them and yeah. like being a movie musical that is a lot of talking and like less singing than some musicals i don't think that's necessarily like the worst thing and frankly i don't think katie has all that many songs um she's just, mostly just there in other people's songs yeah mm, and so i don't think having like a strong film performer is a um bad casting choice in that yeah. situation but yeah obviously people are com- comparing her to um yeah specifically renee rap who um has a huge following and um has a very successful broadway performer um yeah i don't remember when i was introduced to main girls probably a few years ago now um it was i think it was my sister um, I really like Mean Girls. I think it's really funny and um have watched it a few times. Um just it's very um it's very of the time. Um I'm oh, not gonna yeah. deny that. Um but it also just feels like it really has a lot of bite to it and a lot of just um sarcastic quippiness that i really enjoy um in the original film and um so it's sort of become one of these movies that i've has sort of grown on me over the years um and i think for me the number one thing that i found frustrating about the this version the 2024 musical adaptation is you lose or the you have lost a lot of that strong satirical bite um, that the original had. Um, a lot of there's there's been some discussion about specific lines that have been watered down um, so that they're there's only one line I care about. There's only one. You know which one? Say it. You know which one I care about. You know, I said it to you as we walked out. I can't remember. The only line. You tell me, Mitchell. well first of all that's fucked up and second of all the only line i care about that they took out was the fact that no one specifically uh uh uh, karen doesn't say 
If you're from Africa, why aren't you black? So if you're from Africa, why are you white? It's the only line I care about. Um, but yeah, they, they cut out a couple of lines that um, many fans of the original film would consider iconic. They've watered down a couple of lines. So they're less, um, I guess, offensive. Some of those, I think, are justified, and some of them seem like overkill. Um, mm. uh, there's a line about um, social suicide that had been replaced with um, something much less uh, provocative, and it just seems a bit strange to me that uh, that's that's the line that you're willing to draw. <coughs> um, and even things like... Um, a major plot point of the original film is that um, Janice is um, made out to be a lesbian. And um, in the original film, she's not a lesbian and it's played off as a joke. And again, I think we talked about this when we were talking about Legally Blonde, but it's a very 2004 sensibility, um, yeah. which is like, there's ways of looking at it that, are funny and ways of looking at it that are outdated and not appropriate anymore. Mm. But this film really just waters it down to, um, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Oh, but you know, she is lesbian now, which seems really strange to me because if they're willing to go, like we've understand times have changed enough that we're that having a lesbian character is okay, but then we're not going to like joke about it it seems sort of reductive um, and um, almost like uh, a little bit like rainbow washy, um, if that makes sense. No. Um, And yeah, I I think as a result, there's just a lot of little things like that um, that I found frustrating that just meant that this adaptation of the film just didn't have that bite that the original had that I really enjoyed and um, it just made it feel like a real yeah drag for me uh, I said this as we walked out and I've said this to other people as well I technically think I like this one more just because it moved faster to me but the reason why it moved faster to me is just because I was able to zone out during the musical sections which I guess isn't a compliment. It's kind of the opposite. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, I don't like the original movie. Uh, I was shown it by someone. I don't remember. I think I've talked about this on the podcast already. And I don't recall um, who did now. Uh, someone a few years ago. I didn't like it then. I watched it again. I didn't like it then. Uh I was not keen to watch this movie, but I figured we, I mean, uh, also, by the way, just to point out, this is the first movie that actually came out in 2024 that we've reviewed in season two, by the way. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Uh, But yeah, it, the problem is that I actually kind of found some of the songs a bit catchy though. Even though I was zoning out, I was like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Like, I don't know. I'm not a connoisseur. I don't know what good music is. I just knew that uh, I've heard worse musical songs and this was not that bad. I think, I don't know. Because I, I, I like Tina Fey as well. 
uh, I really like 30 Rock. I've never fully watched all of it, but that's just because I have uh, issues with... Um, what's the word when you don't want to be like in a relationship? Commitment? That's the one. Uh, I have issues I with commitment. I want to be in a relationship with 30 Rock. Well, it, it, it extends to the fact that I have to spend time with it and, and nurture it and, and take the time to watch it and... Ugh, exhausting. Rather just a... You see, films are like a one-night stand of TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway <laughs> uh point is i like 30 rock and i think others i can't think of other things she's done off the top of my head right now but i think she's funny and i like i, I have liked her stuff on snl as well i mean obviously everyone yeah. does shit on snl but like she and amy paula do funny stuff together also yeah i think they're talking about um her or the current creative leads on SNL are talking about um, having her as a creative, having her as a sole creative lead on SNL at the moment. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. um, Which, yeah, it's just like, she's done a lot of work on the more contemporary SNL stuff. She's just really um, funny. She's really funny. mm. And this movie is not her best work, but I don't think Mean Girls in general is her best work overall. I, I honestly think... Because you say that you find Mingo's snappy, and this is fine. Like by the way, I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I just this, from my point of view, I don't see it as snappy or sarcastic or fun. I just see it as kind of boring, and I see it as just a bunch of stereotypes. It's the stereotype. This is why I like Heather's because Heather's does something with the stereotypes in it, whereas it just kind of feels like Mingo's has the stereotypes, and that's the movie. Which I could be wrong on that. Because I don't, I just, I don't like it. And so I don't pay, I, I do pay, I pay attention that's necessary to review it now. But beyond that, I'm not really looking that deep into it. And so I don't see that much subversion in the stereotypes than they would normally be. It's just, they just feel like stereotypes. I've said that word too many times now. Now it's losing all meaning. Um, point is, I just think this movie is boring. And I think. Adding music to it did not help. Um, I will second that. I like. I know. Yes, like I'm a much bigger fan of the original film. Mm. I I didn't like a lot of the musical numbers in um, this. I kind of started bopping along to um, uh, dance party. I think it's called Dance Party. Well, it's Revenge right? Party. Revenge Party. See, I can't even remember the name of it. Um, you loved it that much. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I just found a lot of the other songs to be sort of monotonous and generic a lot of the time. Um, and that's sort of also a bit frustrating because it's the same songwriter as um, the person who uh, – it's Tina Fey and the, and the person who wrote the songs – for Legally Blonde, the musical, which I do like the songs. The fuck are they doing? Are they just turning every single movie into a fucking musical? What is going on? The musical has been around for a while. Well, after 2004, which is the same time this movie came out as well. Yeah, but it was... um, What Do they just not have original ideas in Broadway? Are they just no. turning everything into a fucking musical? You, they turned Groundhog Day into a musical. So Legally Blonde was 2001, first of all. 
Oh, was it? Oh, I got my yeah. mixed up. I beg your Legally Blonde 2 came out in 2003. I think that's what you're thinking of. No, I was thinking um, of number one and I was just wrong. You don't need to save me. <laughs> I'm, I was just blatantly wrong. Um, the musical was first performed um, in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the musical, um, I think, that, was there a musical movie as well, maybe? Uh-huh. Maybe not. It's just that a fucking cycle. You take an early 2000s film, <laughs> you you turn it into a musical, and then you make a movie out of the same musical. What is this? Like, ugh, stop doing this. Stop turning movies into musicals and then stop turning musicals back into movies. It's exhausting. I'm tired. Stop making me watch these. Um, I will say, however, I did like a lot of the choreography. I know I've... I talked to you and I talked to Mr. Manager and there's a little bit of a, a contention on that, but I felt like they really did a good job of capturing the essence of um, like a stage show choreography um, mm. inside the film and making it feel um, really contained in an interesting way that you would experience on um, stage um, yeah. and doing that through um, things like a lot of the musical shots, musical numbers are, are um, moving through the corridors and the schools, um, which is nice, or confined to individual classrooms. And um, uh, a lot of them also use moving camera shots as well quite effectively. So yeah. you're not cutting between um, bit to bit during the musical numbers, which I think help that as well. And you get a lot of uh, visual flow that accompanies that like choreography that is yeah it's it's very like strongly choreographed it is it's um and obviously that's a stylistic choice but yeah um i really enjoyed that um as a as a as a choice there because i feel like a lot of um movie musicals like are a bit scared to do musical style uh choreography a lot of the time and I, yeah. I just I enjoyed seeing it and I thought I, I, I had a good time with it there's a lot of very impressive one shots which would it's shocking that I don't like this movie because it's really easy to make a movie like me me what it's really easy for me to, to make a movie like me camera work at least is if you do a bunch of one shots I'm in like do a bunch of good ones I'm in and there are some good ones in here and yet I'm still mm. not happy I liked Damien though. Uh, Damien kind of annoys me in the first movie, and I think I just liked this interpretation more. I don't know why. I just think the the actor in this one was better. Also, John Hamm was not in this movie nearly as much as I thought he was going to be, and that pisses me off. Especially since I think we just spoke about what our favorite parts of this movie was going to be, and the part that I well, so this was before we watched it, by the way. So we were like, "What part are you looking forward towards?" And the part that I said I was looking forward towards was just in the trailer and wasn't actually in the movie. And it was the part with John Hamm where he he's pointing at like when the plastics screw up their uh, dance and he goes, Regina should really be lifting with her glutes. Regina really should be lifting through her glutes. Like, that's funny. I like John Hamm. He's not in this movie. Like, he's in like one scene, I think. Maybe two? There's, there's also like a whole bunch of... And again, this is a personal thing, but it has a lot of like 
clips of like TikTok. Oh. And um, th- it's obviously because it's trying to establish itself as a current adaptation of Mean Girls because Mean Girls, the original film, is very much set in the time that it, it was released. It, it, yeah. it dates. Um, and they've done this as an attempt to like firmly establish it as being a, a, a contemporary film. I just don't like that. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's because I, I have that nostalgia for the original that I'm willing to forgive it more, but I also yeah. just feel like there's a lot of just segments and they, it's not just that it happens at one time. There's a, it happens a, a couple of times where they'll have yeah. like these compilations of like basically reaction videos, which are fake TikToks that are shown on the screen. Um, yeah. And then, Naturally, that's also in a TikTok visual like aspect ratio format. So yeah, you go from full screen, full screen, full screen so, like, to, to like, um, portrait mode, portrait portrait mode TikTok. Yeah. Um, which is like again, I don't have a huge problem with um like playing around with aspect ratios and things like that, but um, <laughs> I, like I, at least I don't as much as I think you do. Um, well, but I don't know, this really bugged me. I think I just I felt like it wasn't used in an interesting way, and it just sort of sort of felt slapped in there. Um, it's like, oh look, it's TikTok. Because well, two two things on that. First one, yeah, it really bugged me. It, it felt really busy. There was the one where there was the song about Halloween, and there's a bunch of people getting ready for Halloween around the main person because it's sung by Karen. Uh, She's the main focus of the song, but around her, because she's singing it into a, she's singing the start into a TikTok. And then there's a bunch of people around her getting ready for Halloween and singing the same song and doing choreography. And it was just exhausting to try and look anywhere because the main screen, if you look at the main center of the, fo- if you look at the center of focus of that scene, there's a bunch of movement around it, which is just like, oh, okay, I need to look there then. But then you look there and you're like, I can't, I can only look at one at a time because it's so busy, but there's so much, I know I'm missing other stuff. Where am I, where am I, I know where I'm supposed to be looking, but like, like logically, but actually aesthetically, I didn't really know where I was supposed to look. Second of all, the movie had me scared like for a couple of seconds when it opened up in TikTok uh, aspect ratio. And I thought I just had another The Whale happening. Uh, famously in our friendship group, when the whale opened on its shit house, um, da- Daniel Aronofsky is the whale. Darren, yeah, Daniel, with, uh, da- yeah. Da- Darren, 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 Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Daniel, <laughs> Danny boy, nah, Daza, 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 Azza. His uh, when his shit house film, the whale opened up on its shit house uh aspect ratio with its shit house color scheme. I let out a. <sighs> And the two people sitting next to me, who were both my friends, both knew exactly why I was sighing. Because, <laughs> um, what I mean, that movie was just shit from start to finish. So it doesn't really matter. Don't look at me like that. Darren Aronofsky was just a mean man who wants you to feel sh- like this guy who's fat is. Oh, it's shit, shit movie. I'm going to spoil it right now. It ends with him floating away the into end heaven. Sucks. The end it's sucks. Stupid, but. It is Brendan, like one of Brendan Fraser's best performances. One good performance does not save a shit movie. It's not the performances uh, I have an issue with. It's I would, the content I would watch of that the movie actual just film. for the performance. I would watch that movie just for the performance. 
I wouldn't because it pisses me off. I was just angry. We're not talking about the whale. We're not doing that right now. <laughs> anyway, point is, I was a little bit worried that the movie was going to be shot completely in TikTok form to be like, hey, kids, check it out. And But then I was also wondering if maybe they'd put Subway Surfers at the bottom. And I thought maybe I could get to the movie if they did that. But they didn't. They put they did a normal aspect ratio and they didn't put Subway Surfers at the would, bottom. So. Would the main girls musical have been better if it was like a regular like movie aspect ratio, but the top mm. half of the screen is the movie and the bottom half of the screen is subway surface. I think what would have been better is if exactly what you just described, but it was cut weirdly from scene to scene and there was a AI voice explaining the plot to me at the same time while different <laughs> pictures of the scenes were shown, but like in weird orders. And then I'd also have to go into the comments to find the next part but the person who was uploading it stopped because they had to go to sleep. So it's just a bunch of comments saying, chop, chop, movie boy. And then I have to go somewhere else to a different person, but they have a different style. So I have to get used to that style of how they <laughs> chopped up this movie. Anyway, I don't have much more to say. And I, we're, we're, reaching, we're reaching the limit. We, we won't be sub 30 if we, <laughs> we talk for too much longer. So I think it's time for uh, uh, ratings. What do you think? All right, I gave Mean Girls 2024. Uh, one time they actually used the word lesbian and a really bad attempt at foreshadowing it. That's one and a half out of five. I did one time I thought I was enjoying myself and that one time I legitimately blacked out with my eyes still open. That's 1.5 as well. <laughs> hey! Oh, look at us go, coming in sub 30. This is some real start of season one levels of uh, timing. Uh, do we have fan mail? Do, 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 do. Fan mail! Oomph. No, but <laughs> I had an idea for a segment. Is it less than six minutes? Uh, it's also not accessible right now. We'll have to do it next week. It's in right. Mr. Manager's car. <sighs> Damn it, Mr. Manager. Well, that's good because we're trying to keep... We've, got, we've only got five minutes left before we have to ditch. Um, uh, Mitch, I've, I've, got a, I've got a little bit that we can do. Okay. Um, if you had to pick a movie from the early two thousands that you were going to adapt into a musical and then adapt, readapt that back into a play um, movie, what yeah. movie would it be? Uh, let me just look up a list of movies from the early two thousands real quick. Because I think I have an idea, but I just need to make sure. All right, you know what? <laughs> I do the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh my god! <laughs> that or Memento. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do uh, um my gut says um the matrix i know it's like it's late 90s but it's 1999. i feel like i could see the matrix as a musical like a like a 80s synth wavy sort of musical like a like a, like rock, a rock opera, opera. yeah we both said the same thing i don't even know what rock opera means i just know what i just know when i see it it's like porn i know it when i see it <laughs> Is that what you're using the iPad for? Porn or rock operas? Because <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> you caught me. No, nah, I mean, early 2000s comics are basically just softcore porn if you have a female character on the screen anyway. This is true. This is very true. They so I don't, did not yeah. um, understand the concept of um, anatomy. Restraint. Oh. <laughs> or restraint. <laughs> Yeah, I was Anatomy say, and restraint. Those women do not have ribs. I'm 90% sure. And they're mm. like 70% bosom. 
And to be fair, some of the guys also don't. They're also 70% bosom. <laughs> like, like either that or they're 70% ribs. Dude, remember that one time when Captain America had just like the most massive chest of all time mm. and it was hilarious? Mm. Anyway, we have four, three minutes. So let's get to the end. <laughs> You have been listening to the Blockbusted Podcast. I've been Sexy Mean Mitch. And I've been just Sexy Max. Yeah, fuck you. I'm, you, I'm not mean. I'm just yeah, sexy. You, I'm mean wait, and sexy. Wait, I can do it. I can do it. Um, I'm just sexy. <laughs> What's that reference? I don't understand this. Because of this song. Because oh. the song's called Sexy and it goes on. I'm you can so send so us so questions, so reviews, so and warranted so hate mail at blockbustedpotty at gmail.com. <laughs> That's potty spelt sexy. You can also find us on the app formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the username sexpod. We're doing, we're just, we're just a porn pod now. Sex, sex pod. Do you, do you want to try this again? I feel no, like we're actually like going to tell. I feel no, no, like we're no. going to actually tell people where they can reach us. They can look at us. Look at it in the notes. We have notes. They can look at it there. Uh, please leave a five-star review. We'll read it out. But also, we understand if you don't. We're not. Someone we're- left a three-star review, and I think I know who it is. Did but they? like, Yeah. So we've I got like an average of four stars. Yes. So bump, help us bump up that average, because you- we're better than a four-star podcast. Like, we're, oh, either yeah. like a two, we're either a two-star podcast or a five-star podcast. There's no in-between. Why not one-star? Um, I feel like one star, we have better editing than a one-star podcast mostly. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. This week, get mean and sexy like me. Fuck you. Swish. That was my hair. I have really short good. hair right now, so I can't like. How how would you like like have more sexy hair? Uh, well, I first have to grow it out, but my hair gets really curly when it's grown out, so I'd have to straighten it. But I did straighten it once, and it was I looked like someone who listened to My Chemical Romance when I did. Wait, you didn't? Well, I've never really listened to it, no. So, he's like Iron Man, but he's bad, bad guy. Big, bad Iron Man, Iron Man. I'm a monger. Iron monger. He's he's like the Hulk, but he's a, oh he's a mean. <laughs> he's like the Hulk, but he's a mean mean. Oh, he's a mean guy. Bad. No, he's not. He's not Ant Man. He's he's a evil Ant Man. He's bad guy. Oh, he's bad guy. But he can shrink, just like Ant Man. But he's not Ant Man. Okay, hear me out. Dark Elves.